Welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Galam. In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Hey there, I'm investors at that moment and say, this is also what you need to do. But I really don't want you to think of this as a negative. When I speak to investors about this reality, it's, it's frankly just a really huge opportunity for them to tidy up their shop in a really easy, affordable way. And in also a way that really empowers them to you know take the reins of their investing business themselves. And so in case you didn't know, in addition to what I do here with Landlord Law School and in my firm where I do a lot of traditional asset protection work, I also do transactional work, contract drafting, pre-litigation settlement negotiations, meaning people will come to me when they've got a legal problem, but they're not ready to sue just yet. They think they've got a good shot of settling, but they need someone to help kind of negotiate it and get that agreement in writing. And so I talk with a lot of investors, not just in you know the happy beginning stages of investing when we're making their LLC or perhaps creating their first lease template, but also in the messy times, like the non-paying tenant times. <laughs> There's been a lot of that in the last you know almost two years at this point, um, or even you know the partnership dispute times, the disappearing or flaky contractor times, uh, the blowing up a contract to purchase times. You know that happens. You know we always want to purchase the property, but sometimes it doesn't work out, or sometimes things happen outside of her control that make it blow up. It's frankly, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and LLCs in Bonnie land, <laughs> despite what sometimes I may talk about here. But what I want to emphasize to you now in this episode is that almost all of the people that I deal with with their legal messes and you know trying to settle their problems is that they all had LLCs, guys. Basically every single one of them. I was flipping through my files before I sat down to record this and they all did what they thought they were supposed to do to legally protect themselves. And so in this episode, you're gonna learn my LLCs just frankly aren't enough. And it kind of makes me sad even to have to make this episode because I think LLCs have been put on like such a pedestal by lawyers and you know other investors. And yes, they are lovely and definitely my entity of choice for a number of reasons. And yes, I have a favorite legal entity, don't judge me. But in all seriousness, I think investors have way, way too high expectations for the protection that an LLC can deliver. Now, if you want to learn more about some other legal myths running rampant in our community that are leaving real estate entrepreneurs, investors like you exposed to lawsuits, losing money and more than I really want to invite you to join me at my free upcoming brand spanking new workshop that I'm hosting live three times in January. I have never done this workshop before, actually, but it came into fruition due to these legal myths like the one we're talking about today. And I frankly just realized over the last year, there's so much misunderstanding and frankly, misleading information being circulated by other investors and even other attorneys. And I was getting the same question posed to me over and over and over again. And I realized I really have an opportunity and frankly, an obligation to put an end to this. And so 
In this workshop together, we're going to bust four big legal myths that are holding investors like you back from maximizing your net worth. You're going to learn, one, the huge mistake you're making that's holding you back from increasing your net worth and keeping you from increasing your annual bottom line as well. And as a hint, I made it too. You'll also learn the legal principles you've got to understand and implement before you onboard your next tenant or your next property. You'll also learn the most effective way to use legal tools to stop problems in their tracks and repel problematic tenants and contractors, plus the proven way to stand out as the investor that people actually want to work with. And the most important tool you'll need to keep your investing from turning into a 24-7 job. And it's not just turning your phone off and sticking your head in the sand. I feel like we all get into investing to get financial freedom from the nine to five. And then we realize, holy crap, investing can be 24-7, especially if you're a landlord. And then finally, the kicker, the main reason that most investors fail to create generational wealth and how to avoid this major pitfall. Plus, at the end, you're going to be invited to join my signature course, Landlord Law School, with limited time extra bonuses valued over $1,000. This is on top of the regular bonuses that I will sometimes offer. And so there's additional ones that are only going to be offered during the workshop, and it is going to be good, guys. This workshop has been so much fun to make, and it's so sassy, and I can't wait for you guys to walk away with some really actionable tips. Uh, Space is limited, thanks to tech. Don't blame me. Uh, So make sure you save your seat. Uh, A limited time replay will be available for registrants if you uh, can't make it live, but you're definitely going to try to join me live because at the end, I'm going to have a live Q&A session to answer your questions about everything we cover in the workshop. Uh, The workshops are being held on January 12th and 13th, and you can register at my website, bonniegallum.com forward slash workshop. That was bonniegallum.com forward slash workshop or using the link right in your podcast player. Now, let's start by busting this myth, the myth of the infallible LLC. And we can first do that, you know, really by addressing how lawsuits work. And this is America. And we talk about American real estate investing and legal problems here on the pod. But for better or for worse in this country, you can get sued by anyone for just about anything. And you're going to have to defend it because the alternative is you got a default judgment against you. And that's not what we we want. That basically means is if you don't defend yourself, the person who filed it automatically wins. That's not what we want. And I'm just going to come off right off the bat here, guys, and say that I have never met a lawyer who decided not to sue someone just because they don't have, just because they have an LLC. No one's been like, oh man, that's a Wyoming LLC, guys. Not even worth the effort. That doesn't happen. Paid to ruin it to you. <laughs> if there's a problem where, you know, someone actually is injured or you actually owe someone money or vice versa, an LLC is not going to stop that from happening. And for that reason, I call LLCs uh, what I've coined as defensive asset protection, meaning they don't do anything to stop liabilities, losses, or lawsuits in the first place, but they can protect you after things go wrong in certain circumstances. And defensive meaning that's when they pop up. They're there to protect you after things go wrong. And The way that LLCs work, in a nutshell, is that basically what happens in the LLC stays inside the LLC. It's a little bit like Las Vegas in that sense. And that's really in the ideal situation. And I'm qualifying this because as you'll hear a little bit later in the episode, just having an LLC isn't enough to get the protection from it. But we'll cover that in a bit. LLCs can also protect your LLC assets, meaning the assets owned by the LLC, titled in the LLC, from actions in your personal life. 
So imagine this, you're driving home from the grocery store, you get into a car accident, you're at fault, it happens to the best of us, don't text and drive, that seems to be how most of these are happening these days. But the question then becomes, could lawyers then get your rental properties that are in the LLC to pay the injured other driver, for example? And even within LLC, guys, sometimes the answer is yes. I really hate to break it to you, uh, particularly if you're a single member LLC. Um, this does vary slightly by state law, but um, single member LLCs, if you're not familiar, just means there's only one person who's a member of the LLC, one owner of that LLC. Um, and for that reason, multis usually have much better asset protection from outsider threats like this lawsuit, uh, car accident situation. And there's complicated legal reasons why, which I'm really not going to go into detail here on the podcast. But what you need to know is that in most states, the single member LLC isn't as strong. And even in a multi-member LLC, the plaintiff, meaning the person who's suing you, can always get a charging order, meaning essentially that they can claim the profits that you would be entitled to as a member of the LLC. They wouldn't be able to take the asset per se, but they would be able to get you know what the operating agreement says is your interest. Um, now, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, LLCs only cover you really in certain circumstances. Certain situations, and they really won't prevent you from losing money ever. They're not bulletproof. They are not, you know, the end all be all of legal strategy. They're a piece of legal strategy. And, you know, LLC owners are just as likely to lose money with non paying tenants, contractors blowing their budgets or their deadlines, partnership disputes, tenant damage, and more. Really, anything any investor could be subject to, LLC investors are subject to that as well. That's not to say there's not a benefit to them, but just know that there's still many ways that they are at risk as well. And I think a lot of times investors think, check, you know, I've got my LLC now, I'm done with all the legal stuff I can do to protect myself. And then they just carry on with their investing business. Like maybe they only reach out to an attorney for like a zoning or a variance issue. But by doing this, they're they're really losing a massive opportunity, guys. And if you're one of those investors who kind of goes in and only needs a lawyer for, you know, an eviction or for a zoning matter or something like that, you're losing a big opportunity to prevent these types of issues from happening in the first place. And I call that preventative legal strategies, offensive asset protection to counter the defensive asset protection. And that's what we're going to cover a lot more in my upcoming workshop. But in general, offensive asset protection are the legal tools that actually prevent lawsuits and losses from occurring in the first place. And it's a lot like running a tight ship, because by buttoning up your legal, you can do some really incredible things like repeal, repeal, repel, problem tenants and contractors, and because Lord knows they're not going to sign a contract that they have no intention of fulfilling. People are human. They're, they're not looking to set themselves up for legal problems. Um, and you can use lawyer-drafted legal templates to deal with the road bumps that come just through the general operations of running an investing business. I mean, I saw this in my own uh, investing business where there would be a a lot of things that we'd have to navigate. And frankly, I wasn't paying my own lawyer at the time $400 an hour to answer all these little one-off questions about tenants or contractors or, uh, you know, dealing with the city. Like There were certain things I kind of just had to figure out on my own as the owner of my investing business. And you know what? I'll give you an example uh, from one of my students inside of Landlord Law School, because she was having issues with a seller she was buying an off-market property from. She sourced this property through, I think it was a direct mail campaign, and she got to the point where it, it became clear that the seller wasn't really serious about selling, and she needed to 
back out basically and get her deposit back. She already, you know, had a contract signed. She put her deposit with the title company, but it, the, the seller wasn't really allowing her access to the property. It, it was getting kind of lengthy and out of control. And she had a frank conversation with the seller, like, what are we doing here? And the seller made it clear that he really wasn't going to move forward with this deal. And, you know, she probably could have sued him at that point, but I think she realized it it just wasn't worth the effort. And so she's like, let's just end this. Let's just end this deal. And I think probably most of us have been in a situation like that, if not uh, with a difficult seller, but where you just kind of realize the deal's dead. Um, and she, she was willing to do so, but she wasn't really sure the proper way to wind things up in a way that protected her. And in situations like this, the contract release template inside of Landlord Law School came into play. And that document authorized the release of her escrow funds so she could send it to the title company. She got her deposit back. But most importantly, it made clear that the agreement between them was totally over and that neither one of them was going to come after the other for anything which is exactly what she wanted and needed, and frankly, what the seller wanted and needed in that situation. An LLC or not didn't really matter <laughs> there. The docs did the job of legally protecting her and wrapping this up. And if they couldn't, say the seller wasn't willing to sign here. Again, the LLC really wouldn't have mattered because she'd be on the hook for legal fees, perhaps to fight to get those escrow funds released. And so you can see, I, I really say the vast majority of situations where landlords are at risk of losing money are not really situations where the LLC even matters. And these are what I often call the drip, 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 drip of legal problems, you know, a few hundred dollars here, maybe a few thousand there, a few months lost time here, and so on. But those really add up and they get really expensive. And most important, they're almost always out of pocket. These are not the big catastrophic issues that you're dipping into insurance to deal with. This is your money on the line when it when it happens. And think about it. I mean, every turnover with a tenant is an asset protection risk. Every construction job is an asset protection risk. It's not just the slip and fall guys that you have to worry about. And I feel like that's all the other asset protection attorneys ever talk about is these catastrophic, you know, massive, uh, but frankly, very unlikely legal situations. And yes, in those situations, defensive tools like insurance and LLCs are going to make you sleep a lot better at night. But again, that's only if you're using them properly. And sadly, I'm, you know, I'm really kind of willing to bet that most people who create their own LLCs and even many who set them up with an attorney have no idea what they're doing with it. Um, investors get, you know, this shiny new certificate of formation and then they just keep on doing what they're always doing. And I've got news for you. If you don't use the LLC properly, you don't get any protection. Courts in basically every state in America have essentially said you can't have your cake and eat it too, meaning you don't get the asset protection benefit of an LLC if you don't act like an LLC. And frankly, most people don't know how to act like an LLC, guys, which is why inside of Landlord Law School, I teach how to use your LLC properly and give you the templates to go alongside. Because legal Zoom, you know, sure isn't educating about this because I've checked. And even lawyers and CPAs aren't on retainer to kind of hold your hand through the operations of your real estate investing business. This part's on you. This part's on the investor. And if you don't do it right, someone can do what's known as piercing the corporate veil. And what that means is they can essentially wipe away that LLC as if it wasn't there and come after your personal assets. Um, the classic example I see all the time is where, you know, landlord sets up an LLC, they put the property in there, and then they use Venmo to collect rent, which goes straight to their personal bank account. God, ugh. <laughs> you can just flush all your legal fees and annual registrations, you know, extra amount that you pay your CPA to do it, just flush it all down the toilet. It's just a total 
waste. And so if that's you guys, you have been warned now, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Don't do that. But, you know, in some LLCs are just a piece, a piece of the asset protection puzzle. And that's in and only if you use them properly. So despite what other investors or even lawyers might be saying, you can have every LLC or every trust, have them until the cows come home, but it will still leave you exposed. And I hate to break it to you, but it's critical that you understand and not rest on your laurels if that's the only piece of your legal strategy right now. If you're feeling fired up, like I definitely am at this point in the episode and are ready to bust some more legal myths with me, then I'd love to have you at my free upcoming workshop, The Four Legal Myths That Are Keeping Investors From Increasing Their Net Worth. And if you want more on the infallibility of LLCs, then go back and check out episode 27 of the podcast called Three Times LLCs Were Not Enough. You can get some more examples about times where I've seen LLCs let a lot of really big uh legal problems slip through the cracks. And so now that you know that LLCs aren't giving you the protection you need, we, we got to cover what can fill in the gaps. And so next week, we are going to discuss the legal mistake I made. <laughs> and I see a lot of, frankly, experienced investors make and how to prevent it from happening to you in your investing business. And I can't wait to share that story with you. Until then, I will be hanging out inside the Good Bones Facebook group. And now is the part where I usually say I'll see you here same time, same place, except for I'm moving the date the podcast drops to Monday. They'll be coming to you live Monday mornings from now on. So keep an eye out for the next episode in just a couple more days. And since this is the last episode of 2021, I want to thank you for being part of my community of listeners. This has been so much fun to chat with you guys, meet a lot of you through Instagram and your email messages. And I just want to wish you a happy, happy new year. I hope it's healthy and prosperous and a little bit more normal than the last two years that we've been experiencing. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.